0: Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners and welcome to Tap to Craft, an educational podcast hosted by two craft beer enthusiasts, where we talk about craft beer in terms the everyday beer drinker can understand. My name is Denny Luce, and I'm joined by my co-host and my drinking buddy, John Ream. John, how are you doing tonight? So for those at home that
1: don't have access to Denny's phone, uh you, you're unaware that I've been texting him telling him I'm super pumped and like ready to go for the <laughs> night show. And uh, that's because the day that we recorded the last episode, uh, I started uh, with my family in this 21 day fix program, which is like exercise and portion control. <laughs> and of course that would limit my beer intake. Oh wow. and that ended yesterday. And so I am just full bore back into craft beer now. Um, so if you've been following on untapped and noticed that I've been somewhat absent, uh, that's why. But I'm back just in time for the holidays. So uh, I'll be I'll be posting hot and heavy again.
0: Okay. Well, you know what, John? I am so glad that you explained why you've been absent. I thought that you got taken away by aliens or something because it seemed seemed like you were just like not drinking anything. And now I understand you're on a, you know, maybe it's a, it's a sign for me when I, I only post a couple of times a week and people get concerned. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, whenever you don't see me posting, it doesn't mean I'm not drinking. Uh, it means that I'm drinking something that I've probably already posted a number of times, and I just don't want to, you know, flood, spam people's untapped and Twitter with the same old stuff that I drink. So uh, right now is a great time of the year for me because the, all the winter warmers are coming out. And everyone that's listened to me at all over the last few years knows how much I love winter warmers, and I just drink six-pack after six-pack of every winter warmer that's out there because i can't get enough of of this style i just i I have to say it's probably definitely my favorite time of the year is right now when all these great beers are coming out the big nice heavier maltier even some hoppier beers so i'm in heaven and and even though i'm not logging i'm still drinking yeah and and you got to start a little early they they started coming out early this year yes they did yes they did (laughs) Yeah, I'm not complaining. I already went, I've already drank a case of Jubilee before winter even came. (laughs) (laughs) And, and yesterday we were out and Sarah's, my wife said, Hey, I'm going to buy you some more Jubilee. I was like, sweetheart, come on. I've already drank enough Jubilee for right now. Let's go get some of these other beers. So we went ahead and pick up another. She said, well, you only have had one six pack of, of burr so far. So we'll get you another one of those. So, so that's what I'm. That's what I'm drinking right now. I don't don't want to spoil the the thing. Let's let's let everyone know what they can expect on this episode. So this is episode 35, and we're recording this on Sunday, November 22nd, 2015. And in this fantastic, wonderful episode that John was so hyped about because he can now drink again, uh, we're going to be focusing on uh, some listener questions, which is always great. We love hearing from our listeners. We're also going to talk about a news article concerning the buyout of the San Diego-based brewery Ballast Point, uh, you know we're gonna give a little insight. We'll talk about the the new story and give you know my opinion and maybe John's opinion on uh, on what we think about this whole thing. And we also have a little bit of a, a check it out segment. We're gonna talk about a uh, a product called the Brew Bracket, and uh, I'm pretty excited to talk about that. It's kind of a, an interesting um kickstarter thing that's going on and i think that maybe our listeners might enjoy you know supporting them and picking up this little bit of a, a a fun activity for themselves and of course we wouldn't be complete if we didn't have our tasting segment with the alaskan brewing imperial red ale the tasting notes on that and uh, john's excited about that because he'll be he'll be carrying the load again on this episode So look forward to his professional tasting notes experience. Hype. Hype up. It's hyped (laughs) up. All right, John. Hey, let's – I know we're drinking because this is a craft beer show, and it wouldn't be much of a show if we weren't drinking some good quality craft beer on it. So, John, what the heck are you drinking tonight after 21 days? So speaking of
1: Ballast Point, I am drinking their Even Keel, which is a session IPA. Okay. Um, which I'm always hesitant, but I wanted something easy to drink. Um and uh out of the glass this thing smells amazing. Mm. Uh, just huge citrus hop nose. Um but uh it falls a little flat for me in the <laughs> in the flavor and it's just really muted, which a lot of these session IPAs end up being. Um but uh I it smells really good. Okay. So it's got that going
0: for it. Okay. So. I I don't remember if I've had that one. I'd have to check on on tap, but I don't want to to delay the show by checking. But uh, but yeah, I, I I may have had that one myself. And if you're, if if what you explain is correct, I probably had the exact same feeling. So we'll leave it at that. That's one of the few styles we
1: actually are very consistent. on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, yeah. That's true. That's true. Well. I am also, as I already mentioned earlier in the show, drinking something. One of my favorite beers uh, at this time of the year, I'm drinking Widmer Brothers Burr Winter Warmer. And uh, this is a beer that uh, I will be drinking a few during this episode because once I start drinking it, I can't stop. I literally can sit and drink a whole six-pack in a short period of time. Uh, I'm not going to try to drink the whole six-pack right now, but I'll drink at least three during the episode, if not for if i if we get on a roll so so cheers john to uh, to another great episode and a lot of good beer drinking going on today well john uh, as you mentioned it's been 21 days and i know you haven't drank much but by any chance were there some new or noteworthy beers that you did have an opportunity to just sample a little bit during that time uh yes so i couldn't have too much but when
1: i had i tried to make it count Oh, um, and I had a pretty good batting average, I think, uh, over these last three weeks. Um, so I'll start with one from Ninkasi Brewing. Mm. Uh, I think you may have had this one as well. I did. Memories yes. here. Uh, it's the Ninkasi Noir, which is a sweet stout, like a milk stout uh, with coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that that pairing worked really well. Um, it played really well together. Uh, like nice little sweetness, um, along with the coffee. Uh, just melded together for a really nice beer. Um what were what were your thoughts on it? Did you, have, I, did you enjoy I it. I did enjoy it.
0: In fact, I am really it's a hit or miss for me on milk stouts. Again because that sweetness that the lactose uh yeast adds to it kind of can turn me off. It can make me a little bit, you know, not so happy. But with this beer, like you said, I think the coffee played very well with it, and I didn't get that, that sweetness, that over, um, amount of sweetness. The coffee bitterness kind of, like, counteracted it, and I'll tell you what, I really, really enjoyed this beer, and I'm, I mean, I'm happy I picked it up. I was kind of nervous because, like I said, whenever I get a milk stout, it's either, I either like it, or I'm just like, yeah, I don't wanna, you know, it, it's hard for me to drink it, so. Yeah, so
1: I, I thought, yeah, I thought it played well, um, and uh, I really enjoyed that one. Good. Um, so the next one, I uh, took a trip with uh, my son up to Rubens Brews because they are mm. kid friendly up there, and mm-hmm. uh, met some friends and did some some samplers, and I got a chance to try their goes oh, uh, yeah. with just one gold at uh, GABF, and that beer was fantastic. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed it. And uh, you know, I had a nice little hint of saltiness in the background, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, just it—it it was really nice. And I was really tempted to get more than a than a sampler, but I was going to get <laughs> on on the, on the program. But uh, yeah. So anyway, if uh, if you're up in this area and they they have it on tap, uh, um, definitely pick it up. Although I just saw they're expanding their distribution footprint. Uh, a bit here in Washington and also over in the UK. So if you're over in the UK, what? you might start picking up some Rubens. spruce.
0: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why are they going to the UK? They got to come to Idaho first. They can't go straight to UK. Uh, he's, the uh, owner is from
1: there. So he's sending beer there so his family and friends can, can have it. So uh,
0: Oh, well, uh, you know what? I've got Brits right here in my town, too. Send them to them. I'm sure you they're family. They <Yeah>. You should write
1: a letter, see I, how that
0: goes I might do it, I might do that Say, hey, you know the <laughs> Merns, right? The Merns, they uh, they gotta be relatives send, send some his way Yeah, there you
1: go <laughs> uh, And then the last one I'll, I'll talk about Is one that Denny's been anxious to hear uh, about And has wanted me to have the spear, And that's Epic Brewing's Big Bad Baptist mm-hmm. uh, Which is a big imperial stout with cocoa nibs and coffee and
0: aged in a barrel, is that right? Or no? Uh it depends. I think I don't remember. I think it I think some of it is aged in a barrel. Yeah, I think portion of it is. So uh when I went to log this in on it turns out I'd had
1: this beer before. Oh no! Um <laughs> and I think I had it at uh epic tasting event. because um, it was like two years ago or something. Okay. Um And uh, I gave it a three and a half at that time. And my note was that it had too much coffee. Um, Too much coffee. Don't let Wes hear that. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so this time, uh, I split this bottle uh, with my wife. And uh, this time, we got almost no coffee, uh, but really big chocolate notes. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it was really pleasant. uh, And I I enjoyed it. I, I bumped my rating up. I think to a four. Um, hmm. but, uh, I think I just, I'm not hitting this beer at the right time where everything is playing together. Yeah. Um, like, cause the coffee was almost non-existent. You, know, you had to like really search for it to, to get it to come through. Um, but the chocolate was really big and it was, the beer was like really thick. Um, yes. As, you know, what you'd expect for, for the style. But, uh, I think the, the thickness was just accentuated by the chocolate because it's almost like a thick hot chocolate type wow. feel. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I, I'm, I think this will definitely be one that I, I'll try to pick up every year just cause it, I enjoyed it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I, I just need to hit it at the right time. I need yeah. to figure out when that is.
0: Yeah. I, so. I agree. They do release it a couple times a year. So I, I will. I don't know. You're right. I've had it at and had different tasting experiences, but all of them have always been positive. I haven't had it where it was overly uh, coffee. I mean, it was usually there'll be some coffee to it with the cocoa, but not overly coffee, but you're, it's always got that really thick, heavy uh, body that I just, I mean, as you're drinking it, I, it doesn't remind me of hot chocolate, but it reminds me of just a really th- heavy, Dark malted stout with, with a little cocoa in it. And, uh, and and sometimes it can be a little bit boozy too, depending on what the alcohol level is in the beer. That, that does change from year to year. I think one year it was 12%. Uh, what was the percentage on your bottle? Do you remember? I don't recall. And I okay. don't have a bottle wall like you do. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it can range anywhere. Sometimes, I mean, I think one year it was like nine and a half. Most of the time it's about 10.1, 10.5. I think one year, about three years ago, it was about 12%. That one was really boozy. But, uh, for the most part, I think they keep them, you know, they keep them pretty even keel. Uh, but yeah, you should definitely try to pick them up each year because they are slightly different. And again, you can pick them up like twice a year because they, they come out every six months. I think they, they have a release. All
1: right. Yeah. I'll definitely keep an eye out for it.
0: Yeah. How about
1: you? What have you uh, had over these last couple of weeks?
0: Well, you know, I haven't had a lot of new stuff that was something super noteworthy, but I will talk about one for sure that I just had last night. And I've had this beer before. In fact, back in May, I had it on draft. And this is from uh, Alpine Beer Company that's in uh, in Southern California. And it's the Nelson Golden Rye IPA. And when I had it on tap, uh, it was lacking in something. It just wasn't, it wasn't as fulfilling as I think the hype, this beer had a lot of hype ahead of it that I'd heard. And I think I, I put it up on a pedestal. And when I had it on draft, it just didn't live up. It was just kind of like, yeah, it was okay, but it didn't have anything that wowed me. And so I gave it, I think I gave it like a three, Three and a half, three or something like that. Well, I revisited. It. I bought a bottle of it. It was in bottles now, and now it's being brewed by Green Flash Brewing, and because I think they Green
1: own Alpine now. Yeah, they
0: yeah, they bought it. So, yeah, so it's one of the beers that they're that they're uh, have taken on for mass producing. And um, wow, I'll tell you what, it is. It was definitely a way way better experience this beer had some very very uh, pun, uh aromatic hop aroma some a lot of uh that nelson hop gave it a, a lot of uh of like grape uh, i'm assuming the nelson hop gives it the grapefruit flavor is that correct john
1: uh, I'm not too familiar with Nelson. Um, I've never been able to get it here, so I haven't paid much attention.
0: Okay, <laughs> I know I know that when I've had Nelson um, hops before in in beers, that I think it gives it off a, a pretty good citrus um, ha- flavor and stuff. This one has a really good grapefruit kind of rind uh, bitterness and flavor. And John, you know how I really like the grapefruit bitterness and and hops, so. That right away hit me good, but it also has that rye in the background and it's got, it's, it's almost like it's, it's a kind of an unfiltered like IPA. So when you're looking at it, it's got a really bright orange hue to it with a, with a, a, not a clear, but a, but a more cloudy picture, which is odd because it's almost like it's, when I see the beer and it, it looks like, it's not what I expect. I want to see my IPAs usually more clear and not so cloudy, but maybe that's the secret of it being tasty is it maybe keeps in some extra flavor that just really gives it a, a overall fantastic experience on an IPA. It's, it really is like the, the IPA that right now I, I really enjoy. I think I raised my rating up to four and a half or so, I think. I, I really enjoyed it. So it nice. just just goes to show you, if you have a bad experience with a beer at one point, try it again months down the road, and maybe you'll have a better experience. And I'm wondering, do you know when Green Flash bought Alpine? Was it about were they were they starting to produce the beer at Green Flash in the uh, the May timeframe, or do you think it was? Oh, uh, they after? that
1: purchase was a few years ago,
0: so okay. I don't know. I mean. Yeah.
1: I'm wondering if you just they had an old keg or something. Okay, that, that, that could be too. Maybe just wasn't fresh and bright, so.
0: Yeah. And you know what? That that right there is a good um descriptor, bright. That this that's what this kind of had it had that brightness to it that you know, that little extra zing uh on the hops and everything was if felt fresh, it felt bright and and very enjoyable. So I just want to let everyone know i know that this is a big beer right now that our buddy robert tps sponge uh that he really is enjoying he's enjoying all the alpine beers that he's able to get in the la area right now and i'm also uh, enjoying it here in the boise area so I, that's the that's the main one i want to talk about i will just mention very briefly there's been a few new breweries open up in the boise area i've haven't been able to visit all of them but i did go and visit a brewery that just opened two weeks ago uh it's called the powder house brewing and it's uh they have five beers on tap we went thursday night just just this last thursday a couple days ago and we uh, i went with a bunch of friends from work and we tried out all five of the beers they currently have on tap and i was very very pleasantly surprised Uh, all five beers were very good and uh of the beers the the ones they had a porter a, a kind of a coffee porter that was perfect a perfect coffee porter uh probably my favorite of the five this my second favorite you're not going to believe this John was the pilsner they had this <laughs> they have this hoppy pilsner that is incredible a uh, very 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 good pilsner and i i i really enjoyed the taster i ordered up a whole pint of it after i had the taster because i enjoyed it so much I also ordered a whole pint of that porter because I really enjoyed it. Then the next couple beers, they had a red ale, which was pretty good. Um, it was probably uh, number four of the of the of the five. And then they had a double red ale, which was like a seasonal release. They're just taking the red ale and they just kind of amped it up. Well, I'll tell you what, they amped this sucker up big time because it was like. It was a fantastic Imperial Red that was like a triple Imperial Red. I swear it was a 10.5% beer. Um, really, really good. I really enjoyed that one. That was my third ranked, uh, beer of the five that I, I didn't drink a whole pint of it because it was 10.5 and I already, you know, ha- had a few. Um, but I did have a, uh, a, a pint of that red, that regular red, which is also a pretty good beer. I like, it's a nice red beer with, all their beers were hoppy. Um, except for the porter, the porter was not, you know, in the bitterness range. But the but the red, the double red, uh, they have an IPA that was probably the least of my favorite. It wasn't a bad beer. It just wasn't anything that screamed out that wow, this is a great beer. But hey, it wasn't bad. It was still a three, you know, rating, which is pretty decent. But the other ones were all four or above that were just uh, really really fantastic. Wh- why is this exciting to me? Because this brewery, it, to come into the Boise area, you have to come and you got to bring your A game, or you're not going to last. They went and built their own building from scratch, a big building that they're going to plan on filling up with high end equipment. They put in already uh, a bunch of their own equipment that makes you know that, that shows that hey, they've come to make beer and to stay, which is also kind of nice to see that they, hey they they mean business. And their tap room is really nice. It's it's all decked out in like an alpine lodge feel. It's got these uh, pine uh, uh, wood walls that go all the way up to the top of the of the warehouse ceiling. They've got all these animals and stuffed heads and stuff and skis and, you know, the whole alpine ski loft type or ski lodge type uh, environment. Uh, very homey, very, felt very good. To drink beer in there so hey if you're in the boise area go check out powder house it's just open two weeks ago and they make some great beer okay so now that we got through the the new noteworthy beers i want to just bring up one little thing real quick um, believe it or not tap craft now has a facebook community page where we invite all of our listeners to come check out our facebook page uh, like it Uh, follow us uh, get more involved in what you know the community is doing uh we've been it's only i've only had it going for one week now uh one week exactly i i started it up and i've got uh myself and john uh you know we'll be posting to it and i also got the help of chris mckenzie who offered his help before and he's going to be helping out uh you know to get some good content on there, some news articles, some of the stuff we're doing, some of the things that we find interesting. And I, I hope that you guys will come and and join us on that page and get more involved in the show. And you can find it at facebook.com slash tap the craft. It's that easy. So come check us out. Okay, now uh one of the things that we will be doing on the Facebook page is of course adding listener questions or questions we would like to for you guys to answer and you guys can feel free to put your questions on the Facebook page and we will incorporate them into the the podcast. So our buddy Jason Lacey, he's uh, at JW Lacey, he had a question for us and this is a pretty good question. I had it on the Facebook page. We got a couple responses to it on there. Is there any beer that is one of your favorites but is not exactly a great beer? Perhaps it's tied to a specific memory or event. For example... I love Kona Brewing, Pipeline Porter, Longboard, Lager, and Big Wave Golden Ale. Not record-breaking taste, but Hawaii was so awesome to visit. Wife and I had a great honeymoon, got to visit the brewery, and still enjoy these beers because of that. Which, you know what? That is exactly what a lot of uh, people's favorite beers, or, or at least memorable beers, are tied to. A specific memory. So, John before we get to the the other uh, the people to answer John do you have any such beer like a beer that you know is not all that great but because it's either tied to a memory or because it just something you and en- you know like you're uh, just something you enjoy to drink uh, yeah um, it's gonna
1: probably surprise a lot of people but it'd be PBR <laughs> um, wow and uh, you know it's just it, it's the right setting and you got to be in the right setting for me as something, you know, my dad has kept in the fridge forever cause he knew nobody else would take it and he'd always have beer to come back to. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, in the summer when I go back, you know, my dad will have that. And my brother and I will all have some PBR and, you know, play Cornel or shoot hoops or something, you know, fish, whatever. Uh, but that, you know, that's, Tied for me in that way, um, you know, with family and whatnot. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's okay. that's mine. Hey, How about
0: you? I, I do. I have a few. I'll tell you one right now, but then I'll answer the uh, when we when we answer the, the other two uh, answers that we have from our listeners. I'll I'll dive into the other two that also bring back memories for me. But my my one that uh, that I go to, not, I don't go to here in the States because it's a beer that's made, uh, out of the country. But when Sarah and I, my wife, we visited Belize, uh, it, you know, Belize is, is a pretty hot place. Uh, I mean, when that sun is beating over the top of your head, it feels like you're under a magnifying glass getting just, you know, melted from above. And even though I, I thoroughly enjoyed Visiting Belize and seeing the sights and everything, the one thing that uh, that really made it all come together was whenever I was hot and I just needed to cool off, I would go and grab a Belican lager. Belican is the is the the local brewery in Belize, and uh, they make a, a light or kind of a, um, I I don't know I wouldn't say it's a light lager, but it's a, a pale lager that is their their staple beer. And uh, they're ice cold. You get them. You can get them in a bucket too. And nothing is better when you're about melting from a hot sun than drinking a Belican Lager. Um, I I really enjoy it. So that's kind of one that's it's not a great beer, and you have to drink it cold. I don't. I never. I never try to drink them warm. uh, And I drink them straight from the bottle because you don't want to waste time trying to find a glass. (laughs) So I would just pop the cap open, and I would literally. I am not even joking. I would chug the whole bottle pretty much in one sitting because you just need to cool off that fast. But but that's that's one of the ones that that I'll mention that that really has uh, not a great beer, but because of the of just the great times that we had when we were uh, in that country, uh, it just it means a lot and then when I go back, I'll drink more of it because that's what's there. So David, so let's just go with a couple other people answered the questions. So our buddy, uh, David Makazuki, uh, Yojimbo 2000, he says, for me, it's Dos Equis dark. When I am, when I am in Mexico or at a Mexican restaurant, it's my go-to beer. It's just an average beer, but reminds me of being on vacation. And I, and that's another one. Uh, when we when we were in, uh, Mexico in Cozumel, uh, One of the great memories was we went to a resort and we just kind of hung out on the beach. And I, you know, I would just order up a bucket, 12 Dos Equis dark amber lagers and a bucket of ice. And I would just sit there on the beach and I would just open one and drink it and open another and drink. I would sit there and drink 12 Dos Equis beers on the beach, enjoying the nice soft sand and watching all the activities going out you know, on the water and, and stuff. And that, yeah, I understand. I think that's a good memory for David. It's a good memory for me. How about you, John? Do you have any kind of beach memories or anything that, that would bring up a, you know, maybe a, I don't know, maybe a Corona or Dos Equis or some kind of a, a Mexican beer or anything?
1: Uh, not directly to the beach, but um, the, the Mexican restaurant thing. Yeah. Dos Equis is kind of my go-to when mm-hmm. I'm there. So I can uh, echo that. But uh yeah, no, not uh not for the beach. I have <clears throat> usually just water or whatever
0: when I'm out there. So Okay, how about when you were in Pennsylvania? Did you um did you get involved with Rolling Rock at all when you were there or god no.
2: Okay. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> That's gross.
0: <laughs> yeah, Rolling Rolling Rock is one of those beers that uh, now they have it in cans. I think cans might be better, but they had those damn green bottles, and I swear, I swear, most of those Rolling Rocks I drank were skunked out of out of control.
1: Yeah, no, 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 that's gross.
0: Okay, <laughs> all right. We also had uh, Chris McKenzie. At uh, Chris McKinsey seventy-two, he says Coors Banquet. I know they meddled at uh, GABF this year, but I still can't call it good beer. Great memories of working with my dad on his boat for a couple of summers and having a few of those while taking a break. And uh, you know, you mentioned the same thing, John. You have good memories when you're you're with relatives, with your father, with someone that means something to you, and doing something, and, and just enjoying a, a nice cold beer. Um, I I know that you haven't had Coors Banquet yourself, or at least you don't remember. But uh, Coors Banquet is another one of those beers that I do have some fond memories back way back when when I was in high school. In fact, my senior year, we had our senior banquet. All the all of the seniors we went out. We had our our dinner, and we afterwards, um, I was able to get my uncle um, to buy us a case of Coor, of Coors Banquet, and it wasn't Coors Light; it was Coors Banquet. This is the, that's the one I like is Coors Banquet, and uh, we just kind of went out and hung out at the uh, you know built a little con- uh, bonfire in the in the woods and just sat there, and we drank this Coors Banquet beer after we you know just. Because this was like the last time that we were gonna to be together, you know, after going to high school for all that time, and now we're we're getting ready to go off on our own, and just to be able to sit there, drink beers, and have a good time as a as like kind of almost a final uh farewell before we we went off. So uh, that also has a good memory for me. So John, you have any good memories of uh, Milwaukee's best light or anything, or <laughs> the Beast, the Beast. Um-
1: no, uh, in terms of the big beers, PBR is pretty much my my only, uh, go- like, decent memory of uh, the rest. Uh, no, just college. <laughs>
0: okay, okay. Yeah, we, and we won't talk about college because we don't, what happens at college stays in college, so. <laughs> That's right. right. They, those, those nights don't count. <laughs> okay. All right, John, do you want to take uh, Taurus, and I'll say his name so you don't have to get, Get confused if it gets tongue time, but I think his name is Taurus Chorek. Is that right? Fast Gamer uh, 100. I was going to ask you. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. So, hey, Taurus, if I got it wrong, my apology. But, yeah, uh, and let us know. Yeah, let us know.
1: <laughs> uh, so, Taurus asks Pico Brew, what do you guys know about it? So, Pico Brew is something I've been following for a long time. Um, they're actually a company out here in Seattle and they uh, have invent brewing machines. Um, mm. their, their first one, which is a huge success on Kickstarter, was called the Zymatic. And basically, it's an automatic system that uh, will uh, brew your beer exactly the same way. Every time uh, you program it, you put the ingredients in the machine, um, and you push start. And it does everything. Um, and then it'll uh, put it into a keg for you. You chill the keg down, pitch your yeast in, and ferment right there in the keg. And uh, it's a really cool device. Uh, I think now, post-Kickstarter, it's about Mm $2,000. But so it's a a really nice machine, and there's actually a lot of breweries that use it to uh, do test batches. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, I would buy one if I hadn't just built a big system for myself. Um, (laughs) Because as a home brewer... Who now has two kids and doesn't have time to yeah. do stuff? And yeah. often, if I could just fill the bin up with all my stuff and tell it exactly when to do what, push that button and come back in three or four hours. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that'd be perfect. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a, it's small batches. I think it, it does uh, two and a half gallons. The Zymatic does. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, just to do that a couple times a day, and you got a full five-gallon keg ready for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. so that, that but, that's that's kind of nice. It, I think the other draw too is is that that with that Zymatic they had a they have a big library of recipes that people who have purchased this or breweries that purchase it that you know that they post up and and you can get ideas for recipes and stuff uh, based on their experience with this machine. So it's kind of a you know a cool way of of uh, of of pinging other brewers out there to get ideas for beers yeah and they they i think through their
1: website um they'll have that they you can they have a map that you can see like where everybody's brewing mm-hmm. and what they're brewing like when it's going on, so that's pretty cool they they've built a really uh tight community yeah. around the machine yeah. but uh, I'm guessing this question came up because they just launched a new product, the pico mm-hmm and, uh, that's currently on, um, Kickstarter. I think as of today, it's eight days. And if you're listening, um, eight days left, if you're listening on our release day, four days left. Yep. So if you want to <laughs> jump in, uh, hurry up. Um, but the Pico, uh, is, uh, it also, um, you know, brews everything for you, similar to the Zymatic. Um, but it, uh, it brews, uh, five liter mini kegs so when you, mm-hmm might've seen the stores, it's the same like size for those, uh, Heineken, uh, like big keg cans that, that are in some groceries and liquor stores, and whatnot. Um, and I mean, those can just sit right in your fridge and serve right from there. So it, it basically makes you that amount of beer right in a mini keg that you put it in your fridge and drink it, you know, super fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference is this one, uh, you don't, uh, like create your own recipe and put it all together. Um, you buy these Pico packs um, that has everything in it that you need. You put it in, the machine recognizes the Pico pack and brews it exactly how it's supposed to. Um, and they have breweries that are creating these packs. They're hooking up with um, like just world renowned home brewers and, and things uh, to, to build these packs. So, you know, when you get one that the beer is going to end up in your fridge is going to be great. Um, and uh, I think right now they're running 600 bucks um, through the Kickstarter and that gets you the machine and one of the packs. Um, and uh, I think after the, after Kickstarter it's going to go up to about a grand Yeah. Um, and the packs are like 20 bucks. So uh, you know, each pack is about the, cost of a couple six pack a couple pricey six packs um, yeah. <laughs> and you get five liters a of, of beer so yeah, yeah. It's not, not bad um price wise but uh and it'll be super fresh so
0: yeah yeah it um this is this was and it, this is something that interests me um except the price point right now I, I, if you were to get the early deals they were like five hundred dollars. Uh, the, yeah, I think that's what they
2: started and, at.
0: Yeah, and then now, now those are all sold out. And, and while the Kickstarter is still going, you can get it for 600. And, and like John said, you are forced, it, it, it's, it's like a Keurig, a coffee machine, like the Keurig coffee machine, but for beer. You're, you're forced to, well, at least with the Keurig, you can get, uh, you can get some, uh, some refill kits yourself to put your own ground coffee in. But this is pretty much where you have to buy the pack. But, Again, I think you want to buy the patch because the only th- reason that I would say that you would you'd really want to be able to use this type of system is if you want to experience beers you can't get. Uh, they don't distribute to your area, uh, or you you know, or some something super rare, if uh, and, or a, you know, very small brewery like John said. In fact, one of the I, I watched the videos on the Kickstarter page, and right in the Kickstarter video. They list a brewery that just opened two months ago or less in Boise called Barbarian Brewing. They they say I didn't get a you know beers a beer from Barbarian Brewing and I saw their emblem. I'm like wow that's the brewery that just opened in Boise, and Barbarian does a lot of. Now I don't know how you're gonna get the same experience because they're doing a they're gonna be a strictly eventually be almost a hundred percent barrel aged everything they're going to do is going to be from a barrel but right now they 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 have a few beers that aren't barrel aged because they it takes a long time to get your whole barrel system up and running and they they wanted to get some beers out so they have you know they have some beers that aren't barrel aged but i thought it's pretty cool that you could buy a pack in New York of a brewery that doesn't bottle their beer that you know only sells it out of their you know to to local places here in Boise or uh, at their brew pub, that's kind of exciting to be able to get that kind of experience. You know, hopefully get the same exact beer they're brewing, but in a smaller uh, size. Now, the 5-liter, if I'm not mistaken, John, that's about 10 pints of beer. Uh, if if you were to, to break it out into 16-ounce pints, I think it's about 10, 10 and a half pints. So, uh, you're, you know, you figure if you're going to pay 20 bucks or so, 20 to 30 bucks for the pack— uh, you know, it's gonna be anywhere from two to three dollars a beer. Uh, you know, not too bad. But then you got that overhead of the 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 cost of the kit of the the whole machine, and when it goes up to one thousand dollars, wow! You're gonna have to make a lot of beers to be able to pay back that investment. So, I don't know. What do you think, John? Is it yeah. you might be interested in? Um,
1: no, not really. Um, but it's mostly. From a brewing aspect, you know, being a home brewer, I like creating stuff and making my own and yeah. I can't do that with a Pico. So that's why I am interested in the Zymatic, yeah, um, but not so much the Pico. And, you know, with the Zymatic, I could get, you know, some of those recipes and things probably and uh, get somebody's protocol for, for brewing it and have a similar experience. True. Um, just with a little more legwork on my end. True. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, um, for me, it would be the Zymatic over the Pico. Um, although that's, you know, twice the cost.
0: So. No, I agree. I agree. I think if I were to do it myself, the Zymatic, when it first came out, I was, I mean, I watched all the videos. I thought, wow, this is cool. But yeah, two grand. Uh, that's a, that's hard to swallow. Uh, you know, to, to, to be able to come up with that kind of cash. But, you're right. If for you right now, it would you'd be able to brew beers that you want to to experiment with without having to just, you know, you just program the the computer and it goes ahead and does everything for you. You just have to make sure you have the right ingredients in the right areas so that it it, it can do its job. So, yeah. Alright, well, Taurus, I hope that that, uh, gave you enough information on the Pico. And hey, let us know if you're interested in the Pico and why. I love, we'd love to hear any of our listeners if, if this is something that you'd be interested in and the reasons why. Alright, now it's time for our Brew Buzz segment. And this week, we're gonna keep it short. We're gonna just do a, something we haven't done before. We're gonna talk about, uh, you know, because it is Thanksgiving. In fact, the day that this gets released is Thanksgiving Day. So if you are listening, uh, hey, thank you. And, uh, but I thought, hey, why not talk about some of the beers that John, you and I will be drinking on Thanksgiving Day? And, uh, since this day is usually broken into different, uh, parts or different segments, you know, you have your early, your early, uh, day activities is usually sitting and either watching the parade, or watching football, right? For me, Thanksgiving Day is a big football day. Then you have some of the midday stuff, you know, or and also prepping for the turkey, you know, for your turkey. Then your midday stuff is eating turkey. So hey, what, what beer are we going to be drinking during the eating portion of our of our meal time? And then the last segment is hey, we've just got done uh, having fun watching football, eating a big meal. Now it's time to sit back and enjoy a nice beer. So what would be the in-game beer that we'd be uh, you know, sampling? So I thought, hey, let's just talk about these beers. So in the pregame, this is a beer to get you started while watching football and prepping dinner. And for me, I'll start this off, John. Uh, for me, it's going to be in the Session Fest Lager. And again, these are beers that uh, I currently have in my my beer fridge. So I'm not saying what would be the best beer, I'm just saying right now, if, so I don't have to go out and buy more beer, I have some Session Fest in my fridge. And I think the Session Fest lager from Full Sale Brewing is a great way of, of, uh, being able to enjoy some beers during the football, drinking a few of them without getting ripped because, uh, it's a, you know, it's a lighter lager and it's, you know, 5%, um, alcohol. So I can drink a few and not, uh, get over intoxicated with that. So John, what is your uh, pre-game beer choice? So, so in actuality, it's probably going to be
1: a growler of uh, some homebrew pale ale. Okay. Uh, but uh, if I was going commercial with what's in my fridge right now, it would be probably Sierra Nevada pale ale. Okay. Um, which I've got quite a few of. I picked up the fall and winter variety packs, so might mix in a couple of those uh, extra beers just for fun. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, yeah, I, Sierra Nevada Pale, something I can drink all day. Um, yeah, easy to put down and and just classic, good beer.
0: So yeah, no, uh, it's it's a good beer. It's a definitely good beer. Do you, do you have any issues with the carbonation factor of it? Is it? You, I know that you, we've had this talk before, and you don't feel that the carbonation is too high. But me, man, when I start pounding down some Sierra Nevada Pales, I'm just like constantly burping. It's like you know, I have a problem with that burping.
1: No, I don't. Okay. I don't have that issue. I'm okay. a professional. Yeah, you are. No problem.
0: <laughs> no problem.
1: Um. So yeah, then I guess if I was gonna step it up to my meal um, with the turkey, I've got a couple bottles of just uh, brown sugar that I've been sitting mm. on, and I think uh, you know some of that nice dark brown sugar molasses type character yeah. w- would be really nice with uh, my turkey and mashed potatoes, cranberry, whatever, Yeah. You know, so I, I think that play, play together really nicely. So I think that's the direction I'd go.
0: Yeah. That's a great, that's a great choice. I, I mean, I wish I had some brown sugar in my fridge. I'd probably choose that too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but for me, um, I don't have brown sugar. Now I need to, maybe I'll go buy some before because now you got me all, I, I think that you're right. That, that brown sugar, uh, you know, the flavors of that brown sh- sugar adds to that beer, I think it would blend well with the other, with a meal. But I decided to go a little bit different. Um, I have a bottle that's been, uh, I've been saving for a few months now for the right moment. And I think that the the turkey meal is the right moment for this beer. It's from a local brewery, Payette Brewing. It is my favorite Boise brew, you know, brewery out of Boise. Uh, and uh, it's the second... St- Beer of their Hopstave beer series. series, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I already lost the word, but series, a beer series. I had the Hopstave number one, and it was an okay beer, but I wasn't all that thrilled with it. Uh, it, it just didn't, it, it didn't, it just didn't sit well with me. But I saw the two came out, and I wasn't going to buy it. But then a couple of my friends here locally in the area on Untappd, they they, I asked them, hey, is that is that better than the first one? They said, oh yeah, this is way better than the first one. So I picked up a bottle, but I hadn't drank it yet. And what it is, is it's a brandy barrel aged Belgian style L comes in at nine percent. So it's a little bit, a little bit high on the, uh, on the alcohol, but I was thinking to myself, I, I, you know, some of that Belgian flavors that might also, you know, blend well with some of the potatoes and the, the turkey and the stuffing and stuff. I was, I was aiming for a, like a farmhouse ale, I think that would be a, a nice the spiciness in the or the the clove and the, the the wildness of the the of that would be good. But if I didn't have that, then I think the, the the Belgian would be good. What do you think, John?
1: Yeah, I could see that. Um Yeah, got the wheels turning on the farmhouse because mm-hmm. um, I think there's a and there's a def- bunch of different ways that could go too. Um, cause, you know, you could do the have like a clove thing but then you can also end up with a kind of a peppery yeah type type thing which could play really nicely as well with a with a bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah. So yeah. that so, might
1: be something to explore.
0: Yeah, so that that's what I was going for but I looked in on my collection I didn't have I drank because you know I love farmhouse saison ales. I they don't stay in my fridge very long. And so um I do have a, go, a goes I have the uh, almanac no I have the uh, frame. Uh, goes in my fridge but I didn't know if I wanted to go that route with the the turkey dinner so I'm going to save that for another time but okay in game John uh, this is a beer that you are going to enjoy after the meal is over you're sitting back you're stuffed maybe you're on the couch and you just got a nice little snifter glass of something what are you drinking when you're in the end of the day
1: so this would be my survival success beer. Um, so it'd be after surviving the day at the in-laws with all the kid <laughs> craziness and like other people showing up and all that. I'd, I, I, I would have made it home and, you know, everybody's alive. Um, we're all accounted for and I'd be pouring myself a very healthy goblet of uh fremont brewing's kentucky dark star mm. which is their big oatmeal stout um aged in bourbon barrels oh nice uh, which I grab every year and really enjoy it and if kristen's nice
0: to me she can maybe have some too <laughs> <laughs> okay so you drink that all by yourself unless someone really sweet talks you then you'll share it yeah i, I might share okay
1: we'll <laughs> okay
0: so you, you what's the uh alcohol content on that is it is it Medium or is it pretty high? Uh, It's around nine and a half. Nine and a half? Okay. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat. I want to sit back. I'm having Thanksgiving at my house, so I don't have to go anywhere. But I do prepare the turkey. I do – you know, there's a lot of activities that are going on. So, yeah, at the end of the day, after everything's done, I always want to sit back and relax and enjoy – just sip on something, you know, nice – and, and heavy and maybe, maybe a slight little booziness to it. Um, I chose, I have a lot of imperial stouts in my cellar right now. I mean, I, I don't know how I'm going to drink all these. I need to start drinking them because I, I don't know. I have probably 10 to 12, maybe even more. I, I have lost track, but, um, this is a beer that I picked up while Visiting you, John, in Seattle, and I haven't drank it yet. I was waiting for the right occasion, and I never had this beer before. But it's world renowned uh, as a very good Imperial Stout. So it's the uh, it's the Ailsmith Speedway Imperial Stout. Rank comes in at 12% ABV. So this is a big beer that I'll be you know sipping on in my snifter glass, and uh, I am going to share it if I can. I'm going to share it with whoever, <laughs> whoever is in the room with me because. I don't think I want to drink after drinking that 9% uh, Belgian ale and all those session ales I'm having before that. Uh, when I get to this 12%, I think I'm going to need to share it with my family and friends so that, uh, we, you know, we can all enjoy it because it's a big, a big giant, uh, 22 ounce bottle. And I think 10 ounces of that is probably, you know, what I should drink. Uh, 22 ounces might be too much. So, uh, so I'll be sharing <laughs> that and, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's how we're gonna, we're gonna kick off our Thanksgiving day. So, hey, we, we wanna offer out to our listeners to, uh, let us know how you partook in the festivities of Thanksgiving and what beers you drank and the reasons why, uh, you chose those beers. Uh, you can leave it on Twitter or write us an email or try out our Facebook page. Alright, John. Are you ready? For the big moment of our tasting notes, are you are you gonna ready? You ready to pop that beer open and and start the the process?
1: You know, I thought I was. I had my little orange uh, beer opener sitting here mm-hmm. in my peripheral. and I looked at it, and it's not a beer opener at all. It's a um, Lego removal tool. Oh! Um, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean backwards and grab my actual okay. um,
0: bottle opener. Okay. All right. No problem. Lean back. Don't fall over now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. (laughs) All right.
1: Now, now we can start this. (laughs) Okay. So go ahead.
0: I want to hear, I want to hear the pop. Okay. That sound good. All right. So we are uh, actually not we, uh, John and we, if you're listening and drinking along with us, uh, we're going to be tasting the Imperial Red Ale from Alaskan Brewing Company. And Alaskan Brewing Company is outside or, or is, is uh, home-based in Juneau, Alaska. And as we mentioned in the last episode, uh, this style is an Imperial Red Ale, but it falls inside the American Strong Ale uh, category for... The uh, beer judging program, I don't know. Beer beer certification certification program. program. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, it it comes in at a nice, reasonably, you know, alcohol level of eight point five percent. You know, it's not it's not too high, but it's 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 decent. That's a decent uh, uh, beer. And IBUs, International Bittering Units, eighty. So it's very high on the bittering. So I'm expecting, John, that you're going to have a lot of, you know, a lot of that uh, hot bitterness come out in the finish of that beer. So, John, um, what size – I know that this beer comes in both 12-ounce bottles and six-packs and also 22-ounce bottles. How did you find it when you uh, found this beer?
1: Yeah, so the shop I was at had it in both. Okay. Okay. and the bombers were seven bucks and the 12 ounce bottles were two seventy five. which, if you do the math, means you can get a lot more beer if you just buy the 12 uh, ounce bottle. So that's <laughs> what
2: <we> do <laughs> I do. Well,
1: I get more bang for my buck that way. There you go. Um, yeah, I'm drinking out a. I I get a 12 ounce and they're the shorter bottles, like a, here in nevada you know i guess whatever what alaskan is Mm -hmm. and all the time um not the long necks yeah um or the taller long necks but uh yeah so um it's got a big crab on the front
0: um on a like dark bluish green background Mm -hmm. Um, is that alaskan king crab on there or is it just a do they uh, he big... doesn't have a name tag, so no? okay, no name M-no. tag it could be the prince. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, have have you poured it into a bottle in, into the glass yet? I have. All right. Describe yeah. describe that color.
1: So it is really dark. Um, it's the lighting in here is not good. It almost makes it look brown, but mm-hmm. uh, if I hold it up in front of my monitor actually it is kind of brown um with a a little bit of a reddish hue but uh yeah it's pretty dark it's got a off-white almost light tan head um on top of it and uh actually it foamed up quite a bit on me when i poured i ended up with like three fingers of head oh wow it's now down to two and holding really steady and um you know really mostly fine bubbles some uh some larger ones, but, uh, looks really thick and
0: moosey. Okay. So, okay. Um, okay. So, so while you take a hit off the nose, I don't know if I've explained to our listeners, uh, that I'm not drinking it tonight. And the reason why, and maybe the reason why our listeners aren't drinking it tonight either, is that even though this is a year round release of a beer, that, uh, I was unable to find it anywhere in my area. I went to... I looked for a week to find this beer. And uh yesterday, I went to five different stores that all... If if any of them would have had it, they should have had it. And uh a couple of stores had like five different varieties of Alaskan beers, but none of them had the Imperial Red. And which is weird because just like a month ago, we had it in stores. So I don't know why... It may, it may be a seasonal release and not a year-round release, like they said.
1: Yeah, according to their Alaskans website, it's year-round, but they had it in the special release section at um, this store. Okay. So, I don't okay. know. Maybe they just don't widely distribute it all the time, or maybe they do it like four
0: times a year, and so they consider it year-round. Maybe that's but, it. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, good point. Good point. All right, so have you had a chance to take a big whiff of that of that uh, no, uh, off the nose, and and w- what do you smell in there? What's the aroma?
1: Um, I get it's really sweet. Um I get some uh, kind of toffee, maybe caramel notes um, in there. Some dark fruit, like a plum. Oh wow! Um, it's really pleasant, um, and it just like if I just handed this with the appearance and sniffing this i think i might be holding like a a nicely aged barley wine or something oh to be honest
0: oh, um nice. that's kind of the way
1: it's coming across okay
0: all right have you have you had a chance to take a sip yet no okay all right anything <laughs> else on the nose before i didn't interrupt you if you have anything else you want to say that I, I, the nose was really intriguing i was not expecting to hear plum in there or dark fruit and uh yeah, and you know, with all the IBUs, there's no hops
1: coming across at all. Oh wow!
0: Okay. Um,
1: so that's probably mostly bitterness addition, just to balance out a lot of this sweetness.
0: Okay, okay. Well, go ahead and take a sip, and uh, I'll try to uh, woo the listeners with my uh, wit. Um, you know, I will say this that uh, and I don't want to to influence John's uh, tasting here, but. If you uh, look up what the malts that they use, they say they use premium, two-row, and specialty malts. Very generic there. Um, you know, not, nothing too specific. And it sounds like that to me that that uh, maybe in the hops, uh, that's where maybe John's getting some of the other aromas he's smelling. The hops, they say they use four different hops. The Bravo, the Eldorado, the Meridian, and the Summit. And uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, that There's four different hops in there. So John, now you have, you have you got a little bit of a uh,
1: no, but I, I will say the the like dark fruit and stuff I'm getting that's definitely from uh, specialty malls they put in there probably a like crystal 120 or something like okay. that. Okay, anybody trying to clone this?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but uh, I do pick up um some hop character in the, in the flavor. Um, it's, um, kind of, uh, a little piney almost. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not overly citrusy or anything like that. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's just right there in there and you get, uh, some more of the, um, almost a little toasty toffee type thing going on okay. uh, with the malt. Um, and, uh, There's, you know, when you it it is uh so you do get the bitterness in there as well. In terms of body, it's uh probably a medium full um body. Uh it's um and a medium carbonation along with it. Um but uh yeah, it's uh I don't know, in the in the finish it it's um it's not cloyingly sweet. Um it's not really sweet at all, but uh, it does kind of linger, and it's a little viscous on the in the back of your mouth. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying this beer. I uh, I think once you once you start tasting it, it it kind of breaks that association with the the barley wine that I had just from the nose.
2: Yeah,
0: this is really pleasant. The body is right where we'd expect it, right? You expect at least a medium body, and you're saying medium to full. So you're going to get – you think the fullness is probably coming from the, the you know, the, maybe the amount of hops that they're using in there to give you, uh, uh, you know, a little bit more residency. Does do you have any residency from the hops in there or just some bitterness?
1: Um, not really, no. But uh, there, uh, there is a bit of bitterness that lingers in the, in the finish. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in terms of the body, no, I, I think this is probably just uh, from the malt. From the malt? Um,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a big beer, 8.5%. And and even at 8.5%, you know, for everything the yeast have consumed, there's still quite a bit <laughs> lingering here, so... Um, you,
0: you think that's on purpose? Do you think it's meant to have that extra sweetness left in the beer?
1: Uh, Well, I... I I want to be careful and say it's not a sweet beer. Okay. Um, it smells sweet, um, but when you taste it, it doesn't come across very sweet. Okay. Um, the The nose is kind of disconnected from the beer in that way. Okay. Um, but uh, it's definitely not dry. Um, but I, I suppose in terms of a finish that you'd put this as more of a semi-sweet finish, um, just from the way it feels, okay. um, the fact that it lingers, um, but it doesn't taste sweet, um, okay.
0: as you drink it. Okay. All right. So with that, um, let's go right into, uh, the, the big question that anyone new to craft beer that, uh, you know, if they picked this beer up, would it be a, a pleasant Experience for them, or would it be uh, something that they they may they may not enjoy?
1: Uh, no, I don't think I'd recommend this. For somebody <laughs> new. Um, I think I'd be a a pretty harsh um, entrance to to craft beer. Okay, uh, just because there's so much going on, yeah, um, and so different from any other beer you may have had. Okay. So no, I, I don't think I'd recommend this for people new to new to craft beer.
0: Okay, all right, I'll take that. I I, I feel bad. I wish I was drinking this beer with you because now I want to experience. I've had it before. It's just been a while since I've had it, and now I'm very curious <laughs> about this beer. So as soon as it comes available, I'm going to buy it and then give my own tasting notes for you. Just because I'm I, I want to see how we match up on that. I, I think you owe that. I the- do. <laughs> I, I owe it to the listeners, I owe it to you, John. I need to support you. So alright, glassware. I know that you're probably using your Willie Becker glass, but if if you were to pick one type of glass that you would recommend this beer be drink, what would you think would be a, a good glass? Uh I am drinking it on my Willie Becker because I'm predictable. <laughs> um
1: and you know, honestly, this is a pretty good glass for it. Um okay. And so I think in that way you could also go with a tulip or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that this necessarily dictates like a snifter or you know something to that yeah. degree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Willie Becker or um, yeah a tulip would be good.
0: Yeah, I I think
1: you're right. I, I think that.
0: yeah, I think a tulip. Would be on the extreme side. It's it's still a good glass. I think the Willie Becker pub glass type is that, that's that's a that's a good all around glass. I I like that glass, so I would choose that too. That's it's a good all purpose. That's yeah. why I have it here all the time. That's right. You can you can <laughs> use it for any beer, any beer you want. All right. So John, now it's time for you to give your rating of what you think this beer. You know how you rate rate this beer. So how do you rate it? uh I think i
1: i could go as high as recommend um wow recommend this beer um it's it's really pleasant i mean it and honestly it goes down pretty easy I'm already halfway through <laughs> and uh you know for eight and a half percent that's a pretty easy drinker um but uh yeah i mean it's got some really interesting things going on in the nose uh you know the the flavor isn't as isn't as fun, but it still um you know provides enough there to, to support. So I
0: think it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. That you know, having a recommended rating from you that says that beer is worthy. So hey, uh you take it from John. Go out and try this beer if you can find it. Yeah, or I'm just trying to make you feel
1: bad for not having it. I'm just trying to rub it in even more.
0: You're like rubbing you're it not, in, but as it, you, it but funny. but you know what? I'm just <laughs> drinking another Wimmer Burr. I just opened another bottle just as you were uh finishing up, so Yeah, so you're you're rapidly approaching the point where you really don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm en- I'm enjoying I'm enjo- I was listening to you explain all that. I'm like, okay, I just need to keep drinking. All right. Okay. Another, another <laughs> bottle. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, you know, um, I already mentioned what the malts and the hops were. Uh, I also found that on the website for Alaskan Brewing, they are kind enough to suggest some food pairings. And John, chime in after I, I give these out to say whether or not you agree or disagree with the choices they gave. But they said that the food pairings should be on more spicier foods with an earthier, bready notes, such as fried mozzarella with spicy marinara sauce red curry with potatoes, and French onion soup. They bring out both the hoppy and malty characters of the Imperial Red. So what do you think about those pairings? Would you agree with them, or do you have a different pairing you might suggest?
1: Um, I think on the whole, those are pretty solid. Um, I mean, fried mozzarella, I'd do cheese with anything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, but uh, I think this is overly... I, I would describe this more as a multi beer than a hoppy yeah, beer. Yeah. Um, you know, which they put in there, uh, their hoppy characters. Which you know, there you do get some of the bitterness and everything. But uh, I don't think it's at a level that it would intensify anything spicy to a level that would be unpleasant. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think those are those are pretty good. I don't I don't know about the French onion soup as much, but uh, the other two sound pretty good.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, French onion. Can uh, it, it if it's done right, right? It'll, it'll have the the onion, have a little bit of sweetness to it with the onions. If you you know, it it can be. I don't know. It's one of those that can go either way. I think. I think it. I think when when I actually saw the French onion soup, I was thinking, yeah, that's the one I would probably choose um, for the beer, just the way you described it, because it does have that little bit of not sugary sweetness, but a little bit of you know. It it not fully dry finish, and I thought, oh, that might go well with with that. So,
1: oh, maybe um, I just need some really good French onion soup.
0: Yeah, you no, you got to get it at a yeah. Don't <laughs> I'm not talking uh, Lipton's French onion soup. I'm talking <laughs> real French onion soup, and I and it's really I mean it's really it's it's got a little bit more richer flavors, and and the onions are usually big chunks of onions, not small little diced up ones like big. Um, rings of onions in there. Uh, it can it can be really good. I I like a good French onion soup. So. All right. Well, John, thank you for that awesome beer tasting notes segment. You did fantastic, and you got my I'm just I'm drooling, waiting to go try this beer. You, you really got my interest peaked.
1: Excellent. All right.
0: Okay, now let's just roll right into our Check It Out segment. And the Check It Out segment, it covers anything from websites to podcasts to publications to applications, gizmos, gadgets, whatever that we might suggest that would help you through your craft beer journey or is just fun. And this week, we're bringing you something that just sounds fun. Um, it's not even released yet, but it's something that is, a, again, a Kickstarter Promoted project or whatever it is. Product, yeah. yeah. And it's called the Brew Bracket Hosting Kit. It can be found at brewbracket.com. And what this is, it's a beer tasting tournament kit. It's like a tasting party in a box. And what you get if you were to purchase one of these kits is you get everything you need to compare eight beers in a head-to-head blind tournament with friends. So this is one of those products that you it's like a game, right? You you say you're ha- you you want to invite eight friends over or more. You can have you can, I don't think it's limited to just eight. I mean, the kit is set up for for eight beers and eight people to uh to vote, but I'm I'm sure you can be in teams or you can, you know, maybe split over more, but but basically what you do is you go head to head uh, let me just say, I'll just re- let me just. I don't want to mess it up. So let me just read what they say on how this thing works. It says, gather up a group of friends and eight different beers, and they suggest either a six pack or a growler of each of the beers works the best. That's a lot of beer. I mean, uh, but hey, you're you're at a party, right? You want to you know, part of the fun is getting drunk, so you might as well have bring a growler to the party. Yeah, if you got eight people, yeah, fine. yeah. Um, so you're gonna bring uh, eight different beers of a similar style for the tasting tournament. The host guide that, th- that is provided with this kit will help lead you and your guests through the bracket-style tournament, where everyone blindly tastes two beers at a time and votes for their favorite. The orange and gray pitchers now they come with little pitchers you can pour the beers into, so that you don't you know don't know what beers are in each one. Um, the orange and gray pitchers and tasting glasses help keep the tasting blind throughout the bracket. In the end, each beer in the bracket is revealed and the winner is declared. And uh this is kind of a a cool little thing. It's like putting on your own little uh uh you know around here and maybe in your area too, John. They have beer brackets like during the final 4 of the basketball, uh, college basketball, they will always, you know, a lot of the breweries will put on a, uh, a a beer bracket where they they put on different beers that will go against each other. Now, the problem that I see here locally is the beer brackets are typically not of a certain style. They'll they'll put porters and stouts against IPAs and pilsners and pales and such. Um, not a fair. That's not a fair fight. Because people who like IPAs will choose the IPA because they like IPAs over that other style. But you know, it's, it's you know that's that's how they do it here in, in my area. But now, uh, it's giving you the opportunity to put on your own tournament at home with your friends, and you you run it the way you want. You know, you want to have a, a pair off of all IPAs, which I suggest you know using all the same style, like eight IPAs or eight Pilsners or Loggers or you know. Or maybe you can have a blend of lagers and pilsners, and and put them against each other, and f- find out which one, you know, wins out. And you know, you have your own little fun little get together. What do you think, John? Is this something that sounds fun and entertaining for you? Uh, so the first thing I actually thought of
1: when I had when I saw this was uh, the uh, beer league that we talked about mm-hmm. a while back, mm-hmm. um, where everybody you know, drafts a team and you can do, you know, this would be a nice setup to do the, the, the blind tasting and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think this kind of thing is, is great. Uh, you know, and it's a fun way to, you know, maybe try new beers and, and things that people bring and and whatnot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, similar to the, the breweries doing, Tournaments or that kind of thing out here. There's a big IPA uh, tournament that goes on. Um, okay, and uh, all the breweries submit their their IPAs and everything goes head to head and um, works its way through. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, you know there there will be some subjectiveness, but you know beer drinking is all about subjectivity. Yeah, everybody's tastes are different. Oh yeah, yeah. even among IPAs, I could you know like a really citrusy one, but you want a pine focused IPA so yeah um yeah I think this is a it was really fun and um you know it's uh maybe something you could probably set up on your own pretty easy but uh you know I don't don't think the price is outrageous for for what you get um to kind of help set it up and just take a little of the uh the work out for you
0: so yeah yeah so they actually have two kits um they have a full kit that sells for $35, basically has everything you need except for the beer. Two different pitchers. You can pour the beers into an uh, orange pitcher and a gray pitcher, and uh, now you have the two beers separated. You have tasting glasses that are separated in different colors, and you have the voting cards, and you have some, uh, you know, voting brackets that you can actually say which one wins on on the bracket thing. Um, that's 35 bucks. not too bad. If you don't want to spend that much, if let's say you already have a, t- you know, your own pictures, your own tasting glasses, and all you want is some of the voting cards. Now, the voting cards are basically you either say yes, orange or yes, black or gray, right? You just kind of flip it that I choose the gray or the orange and that's how you vote. Uh, I mean, you could, you could even make these things yourself if you wanted to really go cheap, but the light kit is $15 and it includes the um, the voting cards, the voting brackets, and the hosting guide that tells you how to you know do each step, um, and it has some uh, these uh, you can put these little um, clinging uh, things on the on your tasting glasses to tell you know like gray and, and orange so you know which glasses are which, and of course they have these bottle sleeves so you can cover your bottle up with this sleeve that's either gray or orange, so you can hide the fact that, you know, what beer it is or whatever. So, I mean, there's two options, $15, 35 whatever you feel comfortable. Uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking about picking up one of these kits myself uh, just to, you know, to have something fun to do with a few of my friends. You don't have to have uh, eight people. You can have four people or six or 16 or whatever. You can have as many as you want. I don't think it's limited on the number of of people just that if you do have more than 8 then you need to kind of be you know uh, you might have to use some other ways of tracking the votes for which beer they chose because they only give you 8 voting cards but i think you can play with more so the right now this was a uh, kickstarter um project what kickstarter funded campaign uh, it did end in august i believe They are saying that they're shipping in December 2015 anywhere in the world. So if you are listening outside the United States, guess what? You can order your kit, and they will ship it out to your country sometime in 2015, December. So give it a shot. All right, well, we have one news article that we're going to bring to you today because we are getting a little long. We don't want to take all of your Thanksgiving Day away from you. And the news article we have for you tonight is Constellation Brands to buy Craft Beer Maker for one billion dollars. And, uh, Constellation Brands, that's a, uh, a company that has recently, uh, purchased the, the, the Corona, Modela Special, and other Mexican beers from the, uh, what was the, I guess it was Modela Grupo, uh, that was Purchased by AB InBev a little while ago. They this this brand actually bought the the some of these beer brands from that that purchase. So yeah, I think this is what spun up to avoid like uh,
1: monopoly issues. Yeah. Um, so there's something expect something similar here with the AB Bev Sab Miller deal here yeah. in the U.S.
0: They'll have to spin um, off some of the. They're gonna have brands. to
1: break it up a little bit.
0: Okay. So, Okay, so so this Constellation Brands Incorporated, they uh they put in a bid to to uh, pay 1 billion dollars for the California-based brewer Ballast Point Brewing and Spirits. Um and this is a record sum for a US craft brewery. In fact, the 1 billion dollars that's been bid is actually 20 times their annual revenue. 20 times ballast points annual revenue they're going to pay for this brewery, which is very, very uh, high, um, I mean, for for a buyout. I mean, I, I was shocked when I saw the $1 billion price tag. And uh, what, what's also interesting is that Constellation, in order to complete this deal, they will actually have to be borrowing $400 million from a bank. I mean, that's a lot of money that they're going to have to borrow to buy this you know, to pay out this, uh, ballast point. And, uh, in reality, I don't know. I mean, we're going to talk about some numbers here, but, uh, you know, they're taking a big risk in my opinion. I I think, I think the 1 billion price tag is a little bit uh, crazy, but Hey, I'm just a you know, I'm not a a financial guy, so I don't know what I'm talking about, but
1: yeah, it, it seems really high. I think to everybody that saw that number. And especially because I believe like Two weeks or so before this announcement, it, it was announced that Ballast Point was doing an IPO. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where they were looking to raise like $175 million you're yeah. selling like 20 million shares or something. mm mm-hmm. um, And if you do the kind of rough starting point estimate of $1,000 per barrel, I think you put Ballast Point somewhere in the 150 to $175 million range. Mm-hmm. So, which... That thousand dollars barrels what ballpark a lot of the other breweries have been selling for recently mm-hmm. so I mean this is five times that, so yeah, this is a big a big bet that they're they're putting down yeah. on uh, on ballast point,
0: so yeah, yeah, so th- that's what's funny is is uh I, my gut feeling when when I heard. That one billion, I said that's way too much. So you start digging into the actual numbers. So the numbers are that uh, Ballast Point, it, you know. Now keep in mind, in 2015, halfway through 2015, they were already on track to double their 2014 production with their expansions and stuff they did. You know that was already a planned thing. So in uh, the first half of the year, they Sold more than eight one hundred and eighteen thousand barrels generating fifty one million dollars in net revenue so if you put that in in you know to, to the whole year you 're going to figure out it 's probably going to be around a hundred they 're guessing about one hundred and eleven million dollars in revenue for the year, and of course that would be two hundred and fifty thousand barrels typically in my understanding of when uh, different companies you know try to do buyouts and stuff I, I think the standard number is about about three times the the annual uh, revenue. so my guess would be that a more reasonable price and even higher compared to what you said John because if they went with the 250 per thousand then it, you know it'd be 250 million. I was thinking maybe somewhere around the 300 to 500 million is, would be a more reasonable amount. Literally, you know, half of the offered a billion dollar amount. I, I mean, I honestly think that this company, for whatever reason, that I, I know they have faith that Ballast Point is going to make them money and they're going to get into their craft, you know, beer market and, and make a stealing. But my gosh, to pay twice w- or even more than twice what is actually it valued is crazy in my opinion. I just, I mean, I, I was just blown away. Uh, yeah, I
1: have to think the growth rates that they're looking at have come into play here, and they're anticipating being able to carry through some of those same, you know, doublings uh, of production and sales um, with you know whatever the capital they can provide and support they can provide. To ballast point to keep up that kind of pace to, to <laughs> close that gap you know
0: wait, wait a minute john wait, i i understand but remember they're almost taking a loan out for a half of the purchase price so there won't be any capital <laughs> well but there's there but they're paying
1: that amount of money to ballast point ballast point's owners and whoever is bought in at, at this point for that brewery, I mean, so there's capital coming in to, to help, you know, and, you know, with Constellation having Corona, Modelo, you know, I don't know if they're just distributors or if they have pieces of brewery as well. But, you know, similar to AB and, you know, opening up, you know, ingredient supply lines and mm-hmm. you know, packaging supply lines, you, know, you have to think that there are connections that are about to be made for Ballast Point that can drive down some of their costs as well um to, to help out in in making some of these numbers work. Yeah. I mean but yeah, on the surface it it seems pretty outrageous, but I have to think the growth rate that they've been going through uh with their recent opening of their brewery and immediately selling it out almost, you know, <laughs> completely has to have factored it into to the amount of money that they, they just sold for. So it's the only way I can seem to make sense of it for myself anyway. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. We're, we'll all find out how it works out in the future. I mean, for the ballast point, um, owners, Hey, they're making a stealing. I mean, are they going to put the money back into, like you said, into the capital equipment to expanding? They might, but they don't have to, right? They could just take the money and run. They don't, I mean, it's their money. They're, 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 I don't know. I'm, it's it's not a, a public offering, so you don't owe any money to to shareholders. They you know, whoever owns the company is getting the one billion dollars. Uh you know, as far as I know, they can just take the money and, and do what they want and give Constellation the brewery and let them manage it. But again, yeah, consolation
1: that, that all depends on how the deal was structured. Yeah.
0: Comes. Yeah, that's true. So how so why did they pick Ballast Point? Well, here's the here's part of the reason why is the fact that Ballast Point, on average, makes, uh, let's see, what do they say? They make $357 a barrel, which is well above the craft beer average of 270 a barrel. So they they make almost $100 more a barrel for their beer. And they give an example that they sell a six-pack of their Sculpin IPA, Uh, for 11 bucks at grocery stores in the Atlanta area, um, which is about two to three dollars more than most of the competitors. So that's in the Atlanta area. I'm not familiar with the Atlanta, uh, craft beer market, what beer, what things sell for. Um, I, I buy, that's the same price that we buy here in the Boise area is 10.99. So I'm, I'm guessing we'll probably have a similar, um, price range. But you know what? Almost all of the beer, I mean, I, I feel like I'm lucky if I can buy a six pack for $7.99. If I see $7.99 for a six pack of craft beer, I'm all giddy and I'm running and buying a couple of them because that's, you know, a buck cheaper or two or $3 cheaper than normal. But most of the time the, the beer here is selling for either $9.99 a six pack or $12 a six pack, depending on, you know, what, what type of beer it is.
1: Wow. So $8.99, $9.99 are our kind of price points here um and this six-pack pricing is the one thing i've been hearing people yell about since this news came that you know they're uh they charge a lot more and you know that obviously it contributes significantly to them being able to make so much more per barrel yeah uh, than than most crappers, and you know i i have to question whether that strategy can continue to work now that, you know, they're not among yeah. craft brewers anymore yeah. from a technical standpoint as far as most beer drinkers go, are, th- are they going to be willing to pay that premium for a Constellation brand beer uh, when it's not, you know, truly a, a Ballast Point brand beer? Yeah, um, yeah. So that I don't know that we'll see, but maybe they've seen that the, all these buyouts don't affect sales. You know, that lesion and Ten Barrel and Goose Island are all just doing gangbusters, so it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They <laughs> now now one thing that I found interesting is is Ballast Point is already distributed in thirty states, so um, that's pretty that's pretty good. For them to already be distributed in 30 states. So, what they're pushing is to get that distributor even higher. So, it gets to more of the of the country in, in America. Um, but also they're looking to penetrate more. They do have a little bit of international sales, but they're trying to penetrate more of that. But my, here's what I'm wondering if, if indeed Constellation, they purchased this because they know that they can get more for their beer and now they, They want to try to get it to more areas of the country and overseas at a premium price. Whether or not the consumer is willing to pay that price, are they? Like you said, are they still going to consider Bowles Point a, you know, a small craft brewery, or are they considering them part of the big business now? And and maybe people will start to steer away and not want to pay those premium prices. You know, in my opinion, when you get bigger the price is supposed to go smaller, right? Because now you're, you know, you're making more and now it doesn't cost as much. They, you know, you would hope that, that you'd be able to get a little bit of a discount, but I don't think that's going to be the case here. And I think people are going to get pissed off and maybe they won't have, you know, as, as much. stuff. I mean, I enjoy ballast point and I buy new stuff when it comes out, but you know what? When I go to this grocery store, the, my first choice if when I want an IPA is not necessarily to go to get the Sculpin. I like Sculpin, but you know what? It's, you know, I still like buying local stuff too, so I don't mind you know buying a another beer that I think is as you know is as good as as what I get the Sculpin for you know and, and at a cheaper price because I can get my local stuff for you know eight to nine dollars a six pack versus you know eleven dollars. So what if it's a Sculpin grapefruit? Uh, and again, uh, you
2: know, <laughs> when, this, I, just, when the I'm scope
0: just... and grapefruit, I thought that was a, a short-term thing, but you know what? It's not. It's out. It's everywhere now. So it's no longer like it's like something special. It's like, oh, that's their grapefruit version of the beer. Um, which is fine. It should be offered, but I don't know. I don't find myself buying more. I, in fact, honestly, I find myself buying more green flash stuff than I buy of Ballast Point. Um, I like the Ballast Point stuff, but Green Flask has a reasonable price point that – and and for a high-quality beer that I enjoy. So, you know, I tend to go to the Green Flask stuff myself. Yeah,
1: so I don't see a lot of Ballast Point in, like, grocery stores and stuff. I mostly get it at the bottle shop where I'm only really buying one bottle at a oh, time. Oh, really? Um, so, I mean, we're – filled with so many locals at the grocery there's really you know not a lot of uh out of town folks that that have the shelf space there really um outside of the like really big um craft breweries um so i i honestly had no idea about the six-pack prices because i'd not i don't think i've ever bought a ballast point six-pack um because it's not common at the grocery store um, so I, when people were putting that out, I was, I was surprised, but, uh, I, you know, in terms of my purchasing, it, it doesn't really affect it at all. Cause I'm only ever paying a couple bucks yeah. for a yeah. bomber, you know, which is, isn't outrageously priced. So, yeah. um, uh, yeah, but anyway, I, yeah, overall I'm, I'm curious to see if they can continue that pricing structure mm-hmm. moving forward.
0: Yeah. So. I I will say this though, I would like to see what I'm hoping will happen with some of this, you know, these buyouts and stuff is I'm hoping that more breweries will decide to go ahead and, and do what they were, what Ballast Point was going to do and offer an IPO to, to have people purchase shares and become a, you know, you know, have people, you know, own part of the, the brewery or on, on top of that is, is to, you know i want to see them i want to see breweries and states come together and become their own little statewide you know uh, coalition or whatever and then have, maybe have an offering for an alliance you know the the idaho alliance or the boise alliance brewing or whatever you know and and have their own little small thing that they can allow them to to have people purchase in the, and buy shares of you know ownership of these breweries as a congregation clom- or a coalition or whatever and and help them support because I am more than willing to you know to do that myself is to you know buy into these breweries because I want them to succeed especially ones I like you know if I could buy shares of Payette brewing in boise i would do it i love that brewery and i want to see it and it is expanding and i want to see it you know be you know become better and get out to more people so um you know i'm hoping that's the way things turn uh, in the future, not just that they all get bought up by these big giant beer companies. I don't want to see, I don't want to see that happen necessarily. Well, you can go buy shares of a uh,
1: Boston Beer Company right now. They, they trade. Um,
0: yeah, but, <laughs> but they're not uh, local. It, it too,
1: <laughs> yeah, but it is too bad they didn't make end up on the stock market because their uh, ticker symbol was going to be P I N T. So. That's that would have been fun to watch for a pint
0: on the, uh, How the ticker. They, they could just pick. They could just pick pint.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> wow, I didn't realize you just pick what you wanted. I thought it had to be you know close to what your your actual name was. Well,
1: like Boston Beer Company, their ticker name is Sam. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay.
0: Know. Okay. All right. Well, John, uh, I think we covered our opinion on this little news article, and hey. Any of our listeners out there, if you have an opinion, let us know. We'd love to hear it. All right, John, it's that time of the show where we have to say goodbye to our listeners. But before we do that, let's just go ahead and take a chance to ra- or an opportunity to raise our glass to uh, whoever we feel like raising our glass to. So you have anyone to raise a glass to tonight?
1: Uh, yeah, I want to just uh, thank everybody who's jumped over and uh, joined us on Facebook and uh, with our page there. And, you know, we're going to hopefully, uh, help foster more community over there. And honestly, I was uh, surprised when, uh, Denny took the leap and, uh, (laughs) together. Um, been so anti Facebook for, for so long, but, uh, you know, thank you everybody who's joined us and, uh, we'll hope to keep a lot of great conversation over there. So, uh, if you haven't, uh, checked out, uh, please come on over and, uh, Say hi.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, you know, I have no idea how to use this Facebook stuff. Uh, I'm learning. um, doing things wrong, I'm sure. Just tell me if I'm doing something wrong and I'll try to fix it. But hey, John, I got you and I got Chris. You guys can keep me on a straight and narrow and get this thing rolling and working its magic. So I- I'm grateful for that. Um, I-, I have a couple... Th- uh, you know i want to raise my glass first to uh chris mckenzie he uh you know what big old thanks out to you chris uh, he sent me some beer uh he listened to the episode where i said that i don't get great lakes brewing out here and then i wish i was able to uh you know try some of their beers and and you know experience it and the only time i get to try it is when i go over the east coast and he said hey I'm sending you a care package, and you sent me a four-pack of the Nosferatu Imperial Red. Um, I hope you're not jealous, John, that I got uh, some of that. Are, are oh you jealous? no,
1: I'm I'm secretly harboring uh, anger towards Chris. Okay, no I'm, <laughs> no, I'm glad you you got to get some of that. I mean, I've uh, been able to try Great Lakes from you know living there in Ohio for a while, and yeah. when I go back, so. Um, uh, and I make that trip a little more often than you do. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. But, but, uh, uh, that's a great Imperial Red. Um, I really am enjoying that, uh, beer. So thank you, Chris. And also he sent me Jackie O's, uh, Firefly Amber. Wow. What a beer. I really, really need to go visit Jackie O's Brewery when we go to Ohio, John. Um, I, I'm, I, that was a pretty good beer and I really enjoyed it. Um, go
1: ahead, John. That one I, I, uh, I am jealous of because I, I haven't had any Jackies. That's um, pretty new to me actually. I think seeing Chris post about it kind um, of introduced me to it. So next time I'm I'm back in that area, I'll have to seek it out. So
0: for sure, for sure, it was good. I really enjoyed that that Amber, and then he sent me another one that I right now off the top of my head, I can't remember what it was, but also a, a unique beer that was pretty good. So I just wanted to raise my glass to you, Chris. Thank you for your Your generosity. Also, uh, I have to raise my glass to our buddy Robert, uh, at TPS Sponge on Twitter. Uh, he was, I haven't listened to the whole show. I've only listened to the first 30 minutes, but he was on the 40 cast this last Thursday. And, uh, you know, he, he's spouting his beer knowledge and talking, you know, talking beer. And, uh, hey, it's always great to hear, hear Robert talk about stuff. So I'm, I'm thinking, I'm hoping he makes it through the whole episode without getting as uh, as lubricated as he was on our show. But hey, <laughs> if he does, no problem. He's a he's a trooper. Uh, I just want to raise my glass to you, Robert. For you know, if you followed him on Twitter,
1: Untapped, you might have a, an inkling of what. <laughs> um, but, okay. Uh, I think he was having a good time. I I'm a little behind on my podcast. So I haven't started it yet, but uh, I'll get there eventually. It,
0: so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I just listened to about 30 minutes today. It came out today, so, I mean, I was I was hoping to listen to the whole thing, but I just didn't have time to listen to it all. But, hey, I'll get it all done by tomorrow for sure. And uh, also just want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. Um, without them, we wouldn't have the hosting space, uh, which can be found at openforumradio.com. So go visit and check out all the other great podcasts that are on Open Forum Radio. Network. And also, you know, the last episode we recorded way earlier than, uh, than normal. And I didn't, you know, I always give my thanks and my gratitude to all the servicemen and women out there that, you know, I really appreciate, uh, you know, all of the, uh, the service they provide. But you know what? I didn't realize until after we got the show ready that, uh, that we were going to fall during Veterans Day. So, of course, it was a, a very special Veterans Day, uh, time. And I just want to, hey, again, raise my glass to all you veterans, uh, current and former servicemen uh, that uh, I hope that you were able to get some good, uh, thanks on Veterans Day from everyone in your community. Uh, it's not given enough, but hey, here at Taps of Craft, we give it to you every two weeks because I do. Uh, truly think about all of my servicemen and women out there uh, daily, especially my submarine force guys because they're often uh either not known or forgotten. So, hey, support the submariners. <laughs> and if you would like to contact the show, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at tapthecraft or leave comments on the show post on open or on Google Plus. Just search for Tap the Craft. And we are now on Facebook. We have a Facebook community page. So visit the page at facebook.com slash tap the craft. Like our page and interact interact with us. And you can follow me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And on Google Plus at Denny Loose. And John, if the listeners wanted to, how could they follow you?
1: On Twitter at Prime Brewing, untapped Prime W-A, and I write about beer and homebrewing at homebrewengineer.com.
0: All right. Well, it's last call, and it's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show, and we hope you were able to find something useful. And we welcome you to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn Radio or however you listen to your podcast. Oh, and I also submitted the podcast today to the Google Play. So hopefully in the near future, you'll be able to find us on Google Play if that's your thing. So, hey, keep an eye out for us. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. So now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. uh constellation brands uh are uh have made a bid to buy <laughs> i think I'm, i think maybe i'm drinking this beer too fast <laughs> impossible <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you it goes to, it goes down quick and i'm i already popped I, I already told you i've already popped that second bottle i brought up and uh drinking that one so it, it goes down quick okay I forgot where I was at. Um, I'm just going to start over. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's good,
2: because I
0: don't remember either. I don't either.
2: Hey, it's Shaver from Open Forum Radio here. want to go ahead and take a second to say thank you for checking out this episode of Tap the Craft. And I would like to encourage each of you to check out some of the other shows that we have here on the Open Forum Radio Podcast Network. Uh, we'll start it off with the original Open Forum Radio. The 40 Cast, Prove Your Point, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, My Peanut Gallery, The Married Gamers, Some Other Castle, Gamer Husband's Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Just Press Start, Platform Junkies, and Jobbers on the Mic. Hey, be cool. Give a great review to all the shows you like on iTunes, Podbay, Stitcher, everywhere you can give reviews. Review every show five times, and you are officially a good listener. Also, go ahead and visit openforumradio.com, links to all the different shows, uh, like the Open Forum Radio Facebook page, and uh, take a second, if you like playing games online and with people and are cool, to uh, go ahead and look at Zabari's Gamer Information Spreadsheet. Fully useful information that will do nothing but enhance your online gaming experience. Alright folks, take it easy, have a good day.